Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Comedy podcast. Welcome to episode fifty-eight of season four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Life with the Lions was a very popular British radio sitcom starring Bevy Daniels and her husband Ben Lyon, with her two children Richard and Barbara Lyon. Created by Bevy and Ben, the show was a domestic sitcom that followed their daily lives as American expatriates living in London. In real life, the Lyons really were Americans who had moved to London during World War II, and the show became a hit on both sides of the Atlantic. It was a mix of sitcom, comedy sketches, and musical numbers and due to the cross-cultural experiences of the Lions, as well as drawing on real-life events, it was relatable by both Americans and Brits alike. It ran from 1950 to 1961 on the BBC. Discovered by Mary Livingstone, who later became his wife, Dennis Day's singing voice is legendary. In 1939, he got his first break, appearing on the Jack Benny program, but shortly afterwards, World War II broke out, and he served in the U.S. Navy until 1946. After that, he returned to the Jack Benny program as a regular. He was also given his own radio show around the same time, A Day in the Life of Dennis Day, which ran from 1946 to 1951. The fact that Day had two radio programs and Benny only had one was the focus of a lot of gags and jokes on the Jack Benny program, with Day rubbing Benny's nose in this fact. In his own show, Day lives in the fictional town of Weaverville, and basically plays the same character that he originated on Benny's program. He stays at a boarding house run by Clara Anderson, played by B. Benaderet, and her husband was played by Dink Trout. Day is engaged to their daughter Mildred, played by Barbara Eiler. Day works at Willoughby's Drugstore, and the show was sponsored by Colgate Palmolive throughout its run. Now sit back and enjoy the November 12, 1950 broadcast of Life with the Lions, in the November 14th, 1946 broadcast of A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Richard Lyon. I'm Barbara Lyon. I'm Ben Lyon. And I'm Bibi Daniels Lyon. <laughs> and here they are in fairy cakes. Are you cooking the lunch, Ma? Yes. No, I won't be home. <laughs> Barbara, will you be in for lunch? Sure, Richard, I'll be in for lunch. It's Mother's cooking. I mean, no, I won't be in. <laughs> oh, hello, 
Daddy. Will you be in for lunch? Oh, I certainly will. Now that we've got that wonderful new cook, nothing would keep me from eating at home but a calamity. Oh, Bebe, what are you doing? I'm cooking the lunch. That's the calamity. <laughs> I heard that, and it wasn't funny. Oh, I was only kidding, honey. Come on and relax. I can't. I've got to rush out the kitchen and take my cake out of the oven. <laughs> oh! Well, no hurry now. <laughs> oh, how can you be so mean? Come on out in the kitchen and help me. All right. Well, the oven door's open, but where's the cake? There it is, Pop, up on the ceiling. <laughs> I guess that self-rising flour rose too fast. Phoebe, uh, why don't you buy a cake at the bakery? Oh, I can't do that. Flory and Helen are coming to tea, and I told them I was going to bake my own cake, and i got to do it. Why? Well, they're always teasing me because they're so good at baking. They've even won prizes at the food fairs. That's why I've just got to make something special. You've already done that, Mother. Barbara. <laughs> don't let it get you down, Ma. There are plenty of things you can do better than they can. Thank you, darling. Just for that, you shall have my first slice of cake. Baby, the boy was just trying to be nice. Why punish him? That wasn't a bit funny. Oh, I was only joking, honey. Come on, kids. Let's clear out and give your mother plenty of room to move about in the kitchen. Say, that reminds me. Uh, the table gets in my way. Could you move it over against the wall? Which one? The table with my chocolate cake on top. Sure. Come on, Richard. You take that end. Okay, Pop. Now, Holly up. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, well... Well, we, we moved the cake. Now let's move the table. Then, Lion, will you stop that exaggeration? Well, maybe I am exaggerating, but you can't say stuff like this to Florrie and Helen. You'll kill them. Oh, what am I going to do? I've just got to have some homemade cake by tea time. Uh, kids, run along. I want to have a word with your mother. All right, Pop. I'll go out and take some exercise. Since when is running back and forth to your bank been exercise? <laughs> well, I don't like to leave my sixpence lying around. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Gates, Jill. <laughs> Look, Bebe, yeah? if making homemade cakes for your friends means so much to you, maybe I can help. You can? How? Well, I, I never told you this before, but I'm pretty good at baking. You are? Where did you learn? I learned from my grandmother. We used to sell little cakes. Oh, Ben, I think that's wonderful. I can just see you as a little boy. With your grandmother making the cakes and you going around on your bicycle selling them. Oh, no, no, it wasn't like that at all. You mean you had to walk? No, I made the cakes and grandmother used to go around on the bicycle. <laughs> oh, no. What kind of cakes did you make? Well, uh, if I tell you, you've got to promise not to tell anyone. I promise. Now, what can you make? Well, I can make... Uh... Yes? I can't tell you. Why? Oh, I feel so silly. <laughs> Why, Ben, you're blushing. All the way up to your widow's peak. Uh, well, I can't help it. Oh, come on, tell me. Oh, all right. Fairy cake. Fairy cake. Oh, darling, I think that's sweet. Oh, now, don't you breathe it to a soul. Why not? I think it's wonderful. Phoebe, if this gets around, people will kid the pants off of me. Well, what do you care? You'll be wearing an apron. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, don't worry, dear. I won't tell a soul. Fairy cakes are simply delicious, aren't they, Helen? Well, they certainly are, Florrie. They just melt in your mouth. Oh, I'm glad you like them, girls. They're homemade. You can tell, Helen. Whatever did you make them with? My husband. What? <laughs> no, I, I mean my husband was watching me. I've never seen anything so light. Do you have some special way of folding in the egg? No, I just fry them good and hard. 
Well, it, it's hard to fold a raw egg. <laughs> you can't get the corners neat. <laughs> <laughs> you sly rascal, you. You aren't giving away any secrets, are you? I hope not. Oh, come on, give us the recipe. I thought you have a recipe. No. Oh, I mean, yes, yes. But uh, I, I'd get the words mixed up, and then you'd make a fool out of myself, wouldn't I? <laughs> My dear, but you simply must let me enter your fairy cakes in the Homecraft exhibition. Uh, it's on for three more days. I've entered my sponge cake. Oh, yes, Phoebe, let Florrie enter your cakes. Oh, no, girls. Ben wouldn't like it. Does he have to stick his big nose into the cooking? <laughs> no, he usually stirs it with a spoon. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Phoebe. Let me enter them for you. No, no, I'm sure Ben wouldn't approve. Well, we'd better be running along. I've got stuffed dinner for George. I'll have to be going, too. Oh, I'll walk to the corner with you, Helen. Thanks, Hey, Barbara, did you hear what I heard? Yes, but I can't understand how Mother could make anything that good. No, that's what gets me. Say, let's take the rest of these fairy cakes over to Mrs. Wainwright and ask her to enter them in the contest. Yes, and we won't say a word to Mother or Daddy. Oh. Oh, I know I am, honey. I had to walk. The cook's using the car, remember? Well, we uh, must keep Aggie happy. Oh, Ben, your fairy cakes were a sensation. Oh, they were all right, huh? All right. You knocked the bee right out from under Mrs. Eaton. Oh, thank you. Uh, were the girls surprised? Were they? They tried to find out how I made them, but I couldn't even remember how long they took to bake. Well, what did you tell them? I told them I baked them in a hot oven for three days. <laughs> Oh, no, baby. No? No, a medium oven for 17 and a half minutes. Oh, how do you know how long the cakes were in the oven? I was there, remember? You were? I didn't see you when I opened the oven door. <laughs> I mean, I was in the kitchen. Oh. Look, honey, let's not talk about those cakes anymore. Someone might overhear us. All right, honey. I won't say another word. Good. I do have a reputation in show business, and I don't want people laughing at me. Well, don't you worry. People have never laughed at you, and they're not going to start now. <laughs> that makes me feel much better. <laughs> well, Barbara, how is everything at dramatic school today? Oh, just fine, Daddy. See, did Tom, Tom call up? Tom who? Tom Strathmorton. You know, my boyfriend. Have I met that one? Well, I expect so. I've known him for a long time. All of two days, huh? Daddy, how can you talk like that? When I say a long time, I mean a long time. I've known him for a whole week. A whole week, eh? <laughs> well, darling, I know you think I'm old-fashioned, but I do think I should see more of your boyfriend. All right, Daddy. How many more do you want to see? I give up. I give up. I think I'll go in the den and answer some mail. Oh, dear, that must be Tom. Richard, answer the door. I opened it last time. It's your turn. Oh, you're so lazy. And you're so stupid. Well, you're always fucking around. Tell me what you're doing. Quiet. You're too quiet. I can't concentrate. I'm coming. Oh, hello, Tom. Hello, Barbara. Richard, just don't stand there. Take Tom's coat. Shall I hang it where I always hang your boyfriend's coat? Richard! <laughs> what did he mean by that? Oh, nothing. He just said it to be smart. He's such a child. Sit down, Tom. Thanks. That's a cat chair. Oh, sorry, Chrissy. Ow! He bit me. Oh, you shouldn't let him do that. He won't catch any mice. Richard! Sit over here, Tom. Thank you. What are you two going to do? Net? <laughs> Don't encourage him. Would you like some lemonade, Tom? No, thanks. I'll have to be running along. I just dropped in to bring you these flowers. They're beautiful. 
Oh, Tom. Oh, Barbara. Oh, Tom. Oh, brother. Richard, leave the room. Why? You two aren't bothering me. If you were the only girl in the world, and I was the only boy, nothing else matter in the whole wide world. Richard, will you kid not making so much noise? Good afternoon, sir. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't see you there, Harold. Daddy, this is Tom. It is? Uh, well, how can I tell? I, I mean, I didn't recognize him in this light with his hat off. Well, I'm glad to meet you, sir, but I'd better be getting along. See you all at the Homecraft exhibition. Goodbye. Goodbye, Tom. Oh, Richard. Richard, what's the Homecraft exhibition? It's very interesting, Pop. You shouldn't miss it. Why, son? Well, it's just... Oh, uh, well... Why, Barbara? Well, it... Uh... It just is. Come on, Richard. Okay. What a family. Well, maybe I could sit down now and get a little rest. <laughs> Skippy. Skippy, get off that chair. All right, stay there. I'll answer it then. I must fix those chimes on my next day off. Oh, hello, George. Hello there. Oh, glad to see you, George. Thought you were coming over earlier. Well, I couldn't. I had to hold some wool for Florrie. You had to do what? Oh, Peepy, did you hear that? George had the whole wool for Florrie. <laughs> What's so funny about that? Anyway, I really came over to see if you're all going to the Homecraft exhibition tomorrow. Well, are you sure you have time? Maybe Florrie will want you to hold some more wool. <laughs> Stop acting so silly, Ben. I promised Florrie we'd all go to see her sponge cake judge. Well, better count me out, honey. I think I'd rather stay home and pull the wool over George's eyes. <laughs> How about it, Georgette? <laughs> There's nothing so funny about a man holding wool. Some men are good cooks, too, you know. Uh, we'll go, George. Go. Then I'll see you tomorrow. Funny man. Ben? Why are you looking at me like that? Blackmailed by my own wife. <laughs> oh, baby, hmm? are you ready? All ready. How do we get to the home exhibition? In the car, of course. But supposing Aggie wants to use a car tonight and we're not back in time. So what? Aggie wouldn't like that. She might leave. Oh, Aggie wouldn't like it, mm. eh? Look, Aggie's a wonderful cook and all that, but you've got to stop spoiling her. Supposing she does get mad and leave. So what? So? I cook the meals. You cook... <laughs> well, uh, maybe we can walk to the exhibition. Here she comes now. Oh, Aggie, have a nice drive today. Aye, but I'd like the car to be shortened a wee bit. It's too long for my legs. Oh, all right, Aggie. We'll get it shortened. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What will happen when I drive? You can double your legs under. <laughs> Aggie, we were wondering, that is, if you're not using the car tonight, if you'd mind if we drove it to the home exhibition. Oh, that's quite an order, Mrs. Lyon, yes. quite an order. But as a fact, I'd like to see that fair myself. Oh, that's fine. You can come with us. You have a lot of fairs in Scotland, Aggie. Oh, I only in Scotland we call them wonderful. Wonderful? <laughs> wonderful? Why? Anything that's fair in other countries is wonderful in Scotland. Oh, I see. Well, I think this exhibition is going to be very interesting. I hear they've got a hog on exhibition that weighs a thousand pounds. A hog that weighs a thousand pounds? Oh, I'd certainly like to see that. You mean you haven't got anything like that in Scotland? No, not that small. <laughs> 
Wait, what do you feed them on? Vitamin pills? No, no, my mother just gives them plenty of garbage. Well, I'm surprised your mother lets those prize hogs eat garbage. Oh, this is Scotch garbage, Mr. Lyon. <laughs> oh, the, the good stuff, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're ready, Aggie, I think we'd better get started for the exhibition. I am ready. I'm real anxious to see that wee midget hog. Oh, yeah, the small one, I understand. Hi. To see the big fat boar I have at home. Aggie, that's no way to speak of your mother. Oh, yeah. Hello there. You got here just in time. Look, Mother, the judge is handing me an answer to the names of the winners for the cake competition. Oh, good luck, Flory. I hope it's your sponge cake. Attention, ladies and gentlemen, please. Here are the winners of the baking competition. The first prize goes to Mrs. Van Lyon for her fairy cake. Phoebe. Oh, dear, there's been a mistake. Excuse me. And the first prize is a widow washing machine. Mr. Announcer. I can't accept that prize. Don't you want the washing machine? Oh, yes, but it wouldn't be fair to give me a prize for something my husband baked. So please take me out of the contest. As you wish, Mrs. Lyon. Thank you. Correction, please, ladies and gentlemen. The first prize does not go to Mrs. Van Lyon for the fairy cake. That's fine. It goes to Mr. Van Lyon. <laughs> uh, uh, just a moment, uh, is Mr. Lyon here? Hi. Ah, well, step right up, Mr. Lyon. I want everybody to meet the 1950 king of the fairy cake. Oh, oh I wish I were dead. Ben, you've been hiding in that cupboard all morning. Come on out and get some fresh air. I can't. I'll never live this down. The whole town's laughing at me. You promised you wouldn't tell. So I made a mistake. For the first time in my life, I did something silly. I got in a lift last night. It was horrible. What happened? All the men took off their hats. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I got so mad, I dared them to step out at the first landing. Did they do it? Yes. What happened? I don't know. I rode on up. <laughs> well, don't worry, dear. Look, there's a lovely picture of you in the morning paper. Well, let me see it. Well, don't grab it. Oh, this is awful. Look at this headline. Ben Lyon does it again, from corn to flour. I think I'll join the Foreign Legion. Don't answer that. Oh, supposing it's somebody for you. If it is, tell him I've run away from home. I'm going back into the cupboard and hide. I'm coming. Oh, hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, Miss Dill. Your cook, Aggie, just brought your husband's car around to my garage, and I want to be sure you wanted the job done before I went ahead. What job? Well, uh, is it all right with you if I shorten your husband's seat? Well, yes, it's all right with me, but don't you think you look rather like a duck when you walk? I'm talking about your old man's car. Oh, his car? Well, I'm sure he wouldn't mind, but I think you better ask him. I thought you told me last week he was a little nuts. Oh, I just made that up because I didn't want 13 for dinner. <laughs> you women ought to proper caution. <laughs> this is a fine how to do this is. <laughs> yes. He must think I'm a rude one. <laughs> now, where is he? I'd um, like to apologize. Oh, he's hiding in the cupboard and he won't come out. <laughs> hey? 
Didn't you know about the exhibition? No. Well, you see, my cake was on the ceiling. On the ceiling? Mm. So my husband had to step in so the girls wouldn't know I couldn't do it. And everything would have been fine if the judge hadn't called out my name, see? Look, you did say it was your husband that was nuts, didn't you? <laughs> What's the matter, Mr. Wimple? Don't you believe me about the cake? Oh, yes, yes, rather, yes. yes. I always bake my cakes on the ceiling. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, wait a minute. No, I can't stop now. I've got to go home and put some icing on my roof. Get on. Silly man. Come on out, then. Has he gone? Yeah. You know, I think there's something very peculiar about that, Mr. Wimple. Well, peculiar or not, I hope he brought my car back. I've got to sneak down to the office. That is, if I want to keep my job. Sorry, Ben, but your car's laid up. You'll have to go by bus. This is a fine morning to go by bus. Please. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, good morning, Bert. One to Green Park. Morning, fairy cake. I mean, Mr. Lyon. <laughs> you stay down here, you'll have to stand. Well, it's not far. Here, that's the chap who won the prize, making the fairy cakes. Yes, that's him all right. Here, let's have some fun, eh? Oh, uh, Mr. Lyon, uh, have my seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Lyon, when are you going to open a Mother Lyon's tea room, eh? <laughs> oh, cut that out. I'm tired of all this. Yes, you mean coffee. Don't nobody mean to slave over an stove all day. Here then, Mr. Lyon. I think I'll walk. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, Mr. Lyon. What do you want? Just a minute, please. I hope you won't mind, but for months now I've been having trouble with my seed cake. My mother-in-law <laughs> said it's on account of the oven. Tell me, do you prefer electricity or gas? Right now I prefer gas. Is this Ben Lyon's office? Yes, but he's not in yet. Well, I'm from the Tutti Fruity Cake Mixture Company. If you'd be kind enough to ask Mr. Lyon if he'd sign this form, I'll call, call for it later. Good morning. Oh, this is dreadful, Miss Smith. Yes, it is, Mr. Banks. When Mr. Lyon arrives, remember, we haven't read the morning papers. And whatever you do, don't say anything about cake. No, I won't, Mr. Banks. Good. Good morning, Miss Smith. Good, Good morning. morning, Banks. Oh, Mr. Lyon, I didn't see you come in. Well, I used the back entrance. Say, uh... Isn't this office awfully hot? Yes, 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 it is. Turn the stove off, Miss Smith. It's like an oven in here. Mr. Lyon is baking. <laughs> oh, what? I said it. I'm so sorry, Mr. Lyon. Oh, I'm sure you didn't mean it. Uh, who was that man who just left the office? Oh, he? Uh, I mean him. He just left a sign for you to form. I mean a form for you to sign. Oh, yes, yes. I've been expecting that. It's from our Birmingham exchange. Uh, take it into Mr. Fox to look over, and I'll sign it later. I wouldn't do that if you were me, sir. He's very angry this morning. He's like an eclair with a sore head. I mean a bear with a sore head. Stop being funny, Banks, and take that form into Mr. Fox. Yes, ma'am. I mean, sir, I'll bake it into him right away. Oh, I've said it again. Hello? Hello? Yes, Ben Lyon speaking. A film with Jack Warner? No, no, I'm not interested. I don't care what the money is. No, no. No, once and for all, I will not play Mrs. Huggett. <laughs> Where is that hotwit? Oh, here I am, Mr. Fox. I, I mean, sir. No, there you are. Look here, Lyon. This time you've gone too far. What do you mean by sending me this pipe to look over? I don't understand, Mr. Fox. Uh, sir, then listen to this. When you bake a cake, does your husband eat out? Then be like Ben Lyon and use tutti-frutti cake mixture. 
If you want vittles for your vitals, don't be snooty cutie. Eat tooty fruity. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. And this has got a stop line. Remember, I haven't renewed your contract yet. Oh, I remember. And I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Fox. I mean, sir. And that's all I can say. I repeat, I'm sorry. But I have my dignity and I won't humble myself any further. All right, then. Get up off your knees. another cold towel for your head? No, honey, just leave me alone. Would you like the evening papers? Oh, don't mention the papers. Take them away. They've disgraced me. Don't you worry about the papers, honey. I'll go down to their offices and wreck them. Oh, you mustn't do that. I can't help it. It's instinct. I'll fight for you like a mother bird fights for a worm. <laughs> oh, thanks, honey. I'll get it. Now, you just oh, rest. probably just another smart addict with some joke. I'm going into the kitchen and hide. Hello, Flory. Hello, Beebe. Where you been? He's in the kitchen. What's he basing now? <laughs> I heard that. Kick a man when he's down, huh? Don't tease him, Flory. He's awfully upset. Oh, I just thought I'd give him a rib. It's no use. He won't cook it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that package you have, Flory? It's a knitted dress. I made it special to enter in the fancy needlework competition. I wonder if Richard could run it over to the home craft exhibition for me. Of course he can. Just leave it on the table. Oh, I hope you win, Flory. Well, I've got a good chance. That is, uh... <clears throat> Unless Ben enters something. Glory, you'd better leave before I forget you're a woman. If that's what you are. Oh, I can prove I'm a woman, all right. I bake fairy cakes. <laughs> I'm warning you. Did you ever get sucked in the kisser with a fairy cake? Don't see why you're getting so upset, Ben. You should be proud of what you bake. After all, it's the first dough you ever made without BB. <laughs> that's done. I warned you. Now you're going out this door. Let go of me. Out. Oh, Ben, you hurt Flory. Will you get your hand off me? I said out, and I mean out. Oh, let him back in, Flory. (laughs) All right. Come in, Ben. I'm in. Oh, thanks, Barbara. Have another cup of tea, Daddy? No, thanks, baby. I haven't finished this yet. Sorry I couldn't get to the exhibition yesterday, but my boss sent me out of town. I'm glad you weren't there. What? I said it wasn't much of a fair. Oh. Have fun, Mr. Lyon. <coughs> Daddy! Daddy, your tea. Tom, have some more cake. Yes, thanks. Your mother certainly is a wonderful cook. Oh, Mother didn't bake them. Daddy did. Barbara! Oh, Daddy, I'm so sorry. I forgot. They're delicious and... Oh, your father. Oh, gosh, that's funny. I beg your pardon. Oh, sorry, Mrs. Lyon. I mean, Mr. Lyon. Well, see you later, Barbara. I just dropped in because I've got two tickets for the Woodcock Garden fight. I thought your father would like to come. Maybe I should have asked your mother in the bed. <laughs> Pop, what's cooking? Now, don't you start. You tell your mother I'm going up to pack. I'm going back to variety until this blows over. You can't go back to variety, Pop. Why not? Well, the jokes. People like new jokes, new ideas. Don't worry about my jokes. I know my audience. Yeah, Pop, but he died. <laughs> Any more of that, and I'll cut your allowance for a month. 
Hey, Ma. Barbara. Yes, Richard. What is it, Richard? Pop's talking about going back to Variety. I know. He asked me to call up Val Parnell. What did Mr. Parnell say? He wanted to know if the lion family was an animal act. <laughs> Gee, there must be some way of proving that Daddy's really a he-man. Hey, maybe he could swim the channel. Don't be silly. He can't even take a bath without his water wings. <laughs> hey, I've got it. I could take my model jet plane to the home, cra- home craft exhibition and enter it in Pop's name. Say, that's a wonderful idea. Where is it, Richard? Right up here on the shelf, huh? What can we wrap it in? Well, let's see now. Oh, take that paper, some of it off of Flory's package on the table. I'll write out a card. All right, Mother. And Ma, hmm? let's not tell Pop. Let's keep it a secret. Okay, honey. Here comes Daddy now. All right, hurry up, Richard. Take the plane and Flory's knit address down to the exhibition and enter them. Okay, Ma. Ben, Ben, you can unpack. Tomorrow, your reputation is going to be cleared. What do you mean? Well, I can't tell you, but it's going to make you the proudest man alive. Hurry up, Pop. They're getting ready to announce the prize winner. I'm coming. Oh, Phoebe. Phoebe, what did you enter for me? You'll find out. I'd feel happier if I knew more about it. It's a surprise. Yeah, that's what worries me. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. In the men's model division, the first prize goes for a model jet plane. I knew it. Made by Mrs. Flory Wainwright. Oh, no. Let's go home. But Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe, my surprise. In the uh, needle cart division, first prize for fancy knitting goes to that remarkable man, Mr. Van Lyon. Where am I going? I'm going home to father. Well, honey, I hope you're happy now. Yes, baby. Thanks for explaining to everyone that you got the cards mixed up. Yeah, and that the aeroplane was really yours. Yes, and it was nice of Richard to only charge me cost price for the plane. Don't forget, Pop, that price didn't include my labor. <laughs> all right, son. <laughs> Say, Barbara, it was nice of Tom to drive us all home tonight. Daddy, that wasn't Tom. That was Frank. Frank. What? Oh, good night, Good night, good night. Good night, honey. Well, dear, the newspapers certainly nice about the whole thing, weren't they? Yes, the kids explain everything to them. Sorry I couldn't contact the housewives committee at the exhibition. Well, I guess I can explain things to them myself. Good, because you'll be seeing them on Wednesday night. Why? They've just elected you president. Phoebe! That was Phoebe Daniels and Ben Lyon with their two children, Barbara and Richard, in Life with the Lions. Also taking part were Horace Percival, Doris Rogers, Molly Weir, Ian Sadler, David Enders, Leslie Bradley, Cecil Chevro, John Stevens, and Michael Harding. The dance orchestra was conducted by Stanley Black, and the incidental music was by Arthur Wilkinson. Script by B.B. Daniels, Bob Block, and Bill Harding. Production by Tom Ronald.
Ladies and gentlemen, Colgate Dental Cream presents the new Dennis Day Show, written by Frank Galen, with Sharon Douglas, Dink Trout, John Brown, Elliot Lewis, Joe Forte, Charles Dant in the orchestra, yours truly, Vern Smith, and starring the popular singer of the Jack Benny Show in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Twice a day and before every date, use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Here's Dennis to sing Zippity-Doo-Dah. Zippity-Doo-Dah, Zippity-Dah. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine head my way. Zippity-Doo-Dah, Zippity-Dah. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity-Doo-Dah, Zippity-Dah. Wonderful feeling, wonderful day, Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's action, everything is satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. Wonderful feeling, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. No other toothpaste does a better job of cleaning your teeth than Colgate Dental Cream. For Colgate Dental Cream has a safe polishing agent that cleans your teeth both gently and thoroughly, brings out their natural sparkle and beauty. And scientific tests prove that Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, actual scientific tests prove conclusively that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. Nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So try Colgate Dental Cream to bring out the natural sparkle and beauty of your teeth for a wake-up flavor you'll thoroughly enjoy. And use Colgate Dental Cream twice a day and before every date to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Well, as you know, Dennis Day rooms at the Anderson Boarding House in Weaverville, which is run, along with all its occupants, by Mrs. Anderson. But Mrs. Anderson isn't home this weekend. She's gone up to Middletown for the yearly pre-Thanksgiving pageant presented by the Middletown Little Theater League. Does Mr. Anderson miss his wife, you ask? Just listen. Well, it's nearly 8 o'clock, Mildred. Oh, I must be off for the lecture downtown. I... Oh, it should be, Daddy. When I dusted your dresser, I saw the name of the lecturer on the ticket. Hmm. Tassel's Latour, the Platinum Ball of Fire. <clears throat> well, yes, uh, she's a very interesting speaker. <laughs> you know, you better not let Mother hear you've been to a burlesque show. Oh, I know. I nearly gave myself away last time she went up to Middleton, too. Really? Yes. 
when she came in the house and took off her hat and coat, I applauded. <laughs> but Mrs. Anderson wasn't the only Weaverville visitor at the Middletown pageant this year. There was also Dennis's boss, Mr. Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby, however, doesn't seem too happy about his trip. When I went away, I left Dennis in charge of the drugstore. For that, I ought to have my head examined. I hadn't been out of the place ten minutes before he came in to see me. Of course, Dennis stepped right up. Good morning, sir. Uh, no, sir, he's away, but if I can help you, I... I'm sure you can, young man. I can see at a glance that you are bright and intelligent. A hustler and a go-getter with vision. In short, you are a man of distinction. Is that correct? No, sir, I never touch the stuff. <laughs> what I mean is, you're a man who knows a good proposition when he hears one. How much is your salary? Eight dollars a week plus ten percent commission on everything I sell over my quota. I see. Then your salary and commission together come to... Eight dollars a week. <laughs> well, what would you think of a scheme that could raise that salary to twelve dollars a week? Maybe fourteen? Maybe even fifteen? Fifteen dollars a week? Little plan? No, sir. If there's that much money in it, it can't be honest. <laughs> oh, but it is, my friend. You see, I represent WEAV, Weaverville's new radio station. We can double this store's business overnight. And if Mr. Willoughby makes more money, you make more money. Your station can double our business? Certainly. You don't know the power of radio, my boy. Now, for instance, you listen to the Jack Benny program on your radio, don't you? Jack Benny? No, sir. You don't? No, sir. For some reason, I'm never home. <laughs> well, Jack Benny goes on the air every Sunday night and spells out LSMFT. LSMFT. Next day, millions of people go into stores and ask for the product. Really? I wouldn't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, the point is we've signed up every progressive merchant in Weaverville for our opening program. Surely your boss wouldn't want to be left out. Oh, no, sir. Good. Here's a pen. Sign right here. Okay. There you are. Fine. You now have 15 minutes on Tuesday night to put on any sort of program you wish. Oh, thank you, sir. This is awfully nice of Not you. Not at all. Just tell your boss to mail his check to the station. His check? You mean you charge people to go on the radio? Certainly. Fifteen minutes comes to $150. You see, time on the air is very valuable property, and we... Say, were your eyes crossed like that when I came in? <laughs> you don't know my boss. You better give me back that oh, paper. Oh, no, this is a legal contract, pal. You can tell your boss about it. You'll be listening in on Tuesday night, of course. Yes, sir. If they have radios... <laughs> Goodness, a hundred and fifty dollars? Uh-huh. Mr. Willoughby's going to raise the roof when he finds out, Mildred. But maybe a radio show isn't such a bad idea for the Finney has done for his sponsors. Yeah, but Mr. Willoughby doesn't feel the same way about money as Jack Finney's sponsor. He feels the same... <laughs> Dolly, if we only had a good radio program to submit to Mr. Willoughby, he might put it on the air. Yeah, but where can we get one? You're going upstairs right now and write one. Me? Golly, Mildred, I couldn't write a radio program paper. <laughs> Dennis, I'll get you paper Now, write a dramatic show Like those morning serials, you know Make it homey and sweet and down to earth But original Original? Yes, don't do one about life uh -huh. And another one is about a reporter And there's one about an intern You think of something that hasn't been invited Okay Good morning, Dennis Morning, Mr. Willoughby did you enjoy the pageant at Middletown? I hated it. 
If there's anything I detest, it's plays and actors. Yes, sir. How do you feel about radio, Mr. Willoughby? Radio? Really, sir? Yes, sir. I, I turn it on all the time when I want to set my watch. <laughs> but if you had a radio program advertising your store, you could double your business. Radio programs cost money, Dennis. I consider spending money a nasty, dirty habit. <laughs> well, this program wouldn't cost much, Mr. Willoughby. I wrote it myself. Already? <laughs> oh, no, sir. My program is a dramatic morning serial. It's homey and down-to-earth, but different from anything on the air. Oh? Well, what's it called? Just plain Boris, King of Bulgaria. <laughs> huh? It's the story of a common, ordinary royal family. A king and queen who could be your neighbor or mine. Thank you very much. I can do without it easily. But being a radio sponsor has a lot of advantages, Mr. Willoughby. No. Number one, you'll be known all over as a big executive. Number two, you'll be doing something creative. Number three, you'll, you'll, you'll get to meet some awfully nice actors and actresses. Number four, it'll help business. Hey, what was that last one? Number four? No, no, number three. Number three B. You mean about meeting actresses? That's the one. <laughs> you detested actresses. I said actors. Actresses are built somewhat differently. <laughs> Golly, you mean you will sponsor the radio program? Well, now, that depends on the cost. How much money will I have to spend? Ten dollars? Twenty dollars? Well, let's not discuss money. It's so sordid. Dennis, I've got to know how much this thing will cost. Well, so far, expenses are a hundred and fifty dollars. A hundred and fifty dollars? Yes, sir, for the station. Couldn't you just rent a station? Did you have to buy one? <laughs> oh, that's for the time. We've got to pay that because I signed the contract. They can sue you. Sue me, eh? I made a mistake. It could happen to anyone. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I've made mistakes, too. In fact, I guess once in my life I committed an unpardonable sin. You did, Mr. Willoughby? I must have done it. Why else would you be sent to work for me? <laughs> Oh, but he was awfully mad. Oh, but he agreed to put it on the show, huh? Well, he'll have to pay for the time, but how can I get actors for nothing? Oh, golly. Let's see now. If only Mr. Willoughby hadn't let me mind the store when he went to Milltown to see the little theater pageant, this one... The Middletown have... Little Theater pageant, that's it. Again, I said something? <laughs> sure. There are the actors for your program. But they wouldn't act for nothing. Well, they might for, we'll say, a big Hollywood producer. Where are we going to get a big Hollywood producer? We have one. You. Me? Yes. All you have to do is go over to Middletown and claim you're a big shop from Hollywood. Well, I'll try it. But I hope they don't notice my pants or they'll know I'm not from Hollywood. But your pants? What's the matter with your pants? They match my coat. Here's Dennis Day singing Falling in Love with Love. Falling in love with love is falling for make-believe. Falling in love with love is playing Caring too much is such a juvenile fancy. Learning to trust is just 
Back to a day in the life of Dennis Day, who, in the guise of a big Hollywood film magnet, is about to knock on the door of the Middletown Little Theater League in an effort to get some actors to do his forthcoming radio. And got Mr. Anderson along with him as his yes man. Yes? How do you do, my good man? I'm Orson Metro Day, the big Hollywood producer from Hollywood. From Hollywood? Yes, it's located right near L.A., or as the tourists put it, Los Angeles. See, we movie folks always call it L.A. Saves so much of our valuable time. Well, come in, gentlemen, come in. Ah, but this is thrilling to think that a great Hollywood producer should call upon me, an humble actor who has gained undying fame on the stages of the world, who has appeared before the crowned heads of Europe, and who in 19 and 28 received a write-up over three inches long in Variety. Uh, Variety? The horse racing paper, old boy. Oh, yes, O.D. Ah, how I envy you living in Hollywood, that fabulous land. I suppose you're at Grauman's Chinese all the time. Oh, yes, I wouldn't send my shirts anywhere else. <laughs> Your shirts? Well, uh, uh, Mr. Day is a little confused. Your town is quite a change after Hollywood. Oh, yes, it must be. But Mr. Day, do you live near Beverly Hills? Oh, yes, indeed. Oh. <laughs> Hollywood, Mr. Day? Of course, my go. I was sitting in the brown derby with my feet in the cement. Well, Mr. Visit, is it a business call? Yes, my friend. I'm always in the market for talent. When I saw your pageant, I said to myself, there's the man for the new picture you're making at Goldwyn Studios. Or as I always call it, Sam's Place. <laughs> I'm very much flattered. However, I've been expecting a picture offer for some time. Naturally. Uh, shall we discuss remuneration? Remuneration? He'd like to discuss remuneration, Anderson. Remuneration? Oh, yes, O.D. I'm sorry, old man, but neither of us knows what it means. Well, it means salary. 
Wager. Oh, that stuff. Oh, I'm sorry, but we couldn't possibly discuss that until after the radio tryout. The radio tryout? Yes, we want you and your entire troupe to act in a radio play as a sort of a test. For a very small sum, I suppose. Not quite that much. <laughs> For nothing? All Hollywood will be listening in, my boy. Your screen career will be in the balance. Oh, well. All right, I suppose I'll have to do it. Ah, good. Who knows where you may climb to if this is a hit? You may become a second Clark Gable, another Charles Boyer, bigger even than Lassie. <laughs> Gee, I hope so. <laughs> Tonight's the big night, Dennis. Got your cast all lined up? Oh, yes, Mr. Willoughby. We're all ready to go. Good. Uh, I've been reading your script, and I took the liberty of making a few very minor changes. Just trivial things, you know. I hope you don't mind. Oh, no, sir. Now, for instance, you have the hero marrying Margaret at the end. I had him marry Geraldine. Is that all right? Well, I suppose so. Although Geraldine is, is his sister. <laughs> uh, not anymore. I changed it so they hardly know each other. But they have to know each other. They live in the palace together. Oh, it isn't a palace now. It's a shoe factory. And Geraldine just works there. But it was in the palace that the Greek discovered the missing pearl in the royal chambers on Saturday morning. He finds it now in a sewer. Oh. Only it isn't a pearl, it's the Mona Lisa. And he isn't a Greek anymore. He's a Democrat. More uh, interesting, don't you think? Yes, sir. After all, there are only minor changes. It still takes place on Saturday morning. <laughs> yes, that's true. Did you make any other changes? Well, that's all, except for a small one on page 20. You know where the Russian comes in and says, Da. Yes, sir. You changed that line? Oh, no, no. No, that line is perfect. Oh, thank you, sir. I just cut out the rest of the page. <laughs> I, uh, I also put a new title on the story. I hope you don't mind these trivial little changes. Oh, no, sir. Well, I better get the fountain cleaned. We'll be on the air in an hour. Good evening, sir. I'd like some grease paint, please. Oh, my gosh. My star actor. The clerk will wait on you, sir. He's behind the soda house. Well, very well. Clark, I'd like some grease paint, please. We haven't got any. Try down the street. Do you mind taking your head out of that ice cream can? I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> Dennis, take your head out of the ice cream can. Yes, sir. That's better. Now I... <laughs> you! Huh? Why, you're Orson Metro Day. Who? Oh, you must mean my uncle, Orson Day, the movie producer. Your uncle? You look exactly like him. Yeah, he's my twin uncle. <laughs> Mr. Day, don't be absurd. What are you doing back of that fountain with the white apron on? Well, I was making myself a marshmallow sundae. It's sort of a hobby of mine. Oh, I see. You Hollywoodians certainly are an eccentric lot. Yeah, aren't we, though? Dennis, you better let me handle this customer. It's getting late. You go in the back and sweep the place out. Sweep the place out? <laughs> yeah, I got all kinds of hobbies. And uh, while you're at it, don't forget to take out the garbage. Take out the garbage? I'll bet you won't find one man in ten with that one. <laughs> oh, Mr. Austin Metro Day of Hollywood, eh? And we were going to appear on your radio show tonight. A fat chance. But, sir, ah, I... Good day, Mr. Bye. Mr. Bye? What was that all about, Dennis? Well, remember you made some slight changes in the script? Yes. He just made some slight changes in the casting.
stand by for the Willoughby Drugstore program, folks. You're on in ten seconds. Golly, ten seconds. Gosh, Mr. Willoughby, what are we going to do? We have no actors. Dennis, this program is going on the air even if you have to play all the parts yourself. But, Mr. Willoughby... Oh, you can do it, Dennis. I'll play the girl's part and you play all the men. Oh, no, Mildred, I... You're I... on the air. Willoughby's Drugstore presents Zelda Popkin, Girl Good Humor Man. <laughs> the program that asks the question, can a woman marry for the third time and still be happy, even if her first two husbands remain in the house? <laughs> Last, Brunson Popkin has been discharged from the Navy. And now, after five long years of waiting and yearning, without even a glimpse of each other, Brunson stands upon the Popkin doorstep. Zelda speaks. Hello, Ronson. Hiya, Zelda. Dinner ready? Oh. <laughs> Almost. Uncle Ivanovich is here for dinner, too. Here he comes now. Say hello to him, Ronson. Hello, Uncle Ivanovich. But you have to play Uncle Ivanovich, too, Dennis. Speak with an accent. Hasta la vista, Senor Ronson. I'm glad to see you. <laughs> Dennis, Uncle Ivanovich is supposed to be from Moscow. Oh. I'm glad for to meet you, Gus. How are you? Is it? <laughs> Oh, how do you do? <laughs> That's better. Oh, well, we have quite a crowd for dinner tonight, Ronson. Uncle Ivanovich brought our cousin Louie from the Bronx with him. I'm cousin Louie from the Bronx, too? Yes. Evening, folks. How are y'all? <laughs> and look, Ronson, here comes Grandpa downstairs. Hello, Grandpa. Evening, Sonny. Sure is a mighty cold night. Yes, indeed, you sure is. Hello, Mr. O'Flaherty. Top of the evening to you there, Ronnie, me boy. Faith, and it's a fine night. It is indeed, and it's a grand night for a drop of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I do the Why, Ronson, see who's coming up the walk. Oh, no, Mildred, I can't do that. But you've got to, Dennis. Ronson, see who's coming up the walk. <laughs> well, you sit here, Mr. O'Flaherty. Sure thing, sport. I, I said Mr. O'Flaherty, Dennis. Oh, pardon me. Evening, folks. How are you? Hello, Dennis. How do you do? Dennis. <laughs> oh, Dennis, you imbecile. Give me that script. I'll do it. Read your last line again, Mildred. Uh, you sit here, Mr. O'Flaherty. Si, senor. We, monsieur. Try your wool, mine head. Oh, shut up. Play some music, somebody. Get us out of this. For heaven's sake. Dennis Day will return in a moment with a song, but first, here's a fact worth knowing. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And now our Colgate players want to show you how important that is. Listen. It's just definitely not fair, Claire. I'm the wren who writes the letters, and you're the girl who gets the mail. Maybe what you write is wrong. Do you really think that's the trouble? No. Truthfully, I don't bet. In fact, I know the reason why Dan hasn't written to you lately. And you haven't told me? Good grief. What am I? It's not one of those girls who ought to see her dentist. Well, I think you'd see more letters from Dan if you'd see your dentist, Beth. And here's what Beth found out. 
Scientific tests have proved that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, Colgate Dental Cream's safe polishing agent brings out the natural sparkle of your teeth, cleans them thoroughly and safely. Yes, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. In fact, nationwide tests of leading toothpaste prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So, to clean your teeth thoroughly and safely, for a wake-up flavor everyone enjoys, use Colgate Dental Cream. Remember, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Dennis with Charles Dance arrangement of Old Buttermilk Sky. Old Buttermilk Sky, I'm keeping my eye peeled on you. What's the good word tonight? Are you gonna be mellow tonight? Old Buttermilk As a Christmas tree Heading for the one I love I'm gonna pop her the question That question Do you, darling, do you do? It'll be easy So easy If I can only be with us again next week for another Dennis Day program. More songs, more adventures in the life of our star, Dennis Day. Meanwhile, be sure to use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Say hello to Halo Shampoo for naturally bright and beautiful hair. Remember, even finest soaps and soap shampoos hide the natural luster of your hair with dulling soap film. 
But Halo shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather, quickly banishes loose dandruff and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar rinse. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo shampoo at any cosmetic counter. This is Dennis again. Good night, everybody. NBC, the national broadcasting company. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.